Welcome to the podcast by Pleasant Valley, where we talk about biblical truth, address your questions, and seek to help you fall deeper in love with Jesus. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast by Pleasant Valley. I'm your host, Caleb Eisler, and this week we're going to listen into a conversation I had with three friends, Dr. Al Bean, Dr. Barb Condra, and Dr. Stana Martin. In this conversation, we talked about the topic of prayer. What is prayer, and why is it so central to our Christian experience? For many of us, I know prayer can be one of the hardest parts about the Christian life. And in this conversation, we try to talk about practical ways that these folks have thought through prayer over the long haul of their Christian journeys. I pray that you'd be emboldened to pray, and that you'd be encouraged as you listen in. Let's join the conversation. So in uh, in our time together today, I thought we'd talk about prayer and uh Use it as a chance just to be really helpful and practical, but also maybe dispel some myths and just show some ways that have been helpful uh, for you all in prayer over the years in your Christian walk. And uh, I think the important part would be for us to actually just define prayer. And so there's a lot of ways we can do that. But uh, one simple definition that Billy Graham has offered that I think we could start from is, prayer is a spiritual communication between man and God, a two-way relationship in which man should not only talk to God, but also listens to him. I think that's a helpful starting point to say that um, prayer is not just us talking to God, although sometimes we can, we can uh, you know, essentially live that way, but it's God talking to us and us listening. And uh, I think as we'll find, and we would all agree, that prayer is much more than just us asking God for things. Mm-hmm. Uh, that actually is not even the main yeah. point of prayer. And so I thought it'd be helpful with that definition in mind. Um, before we go any further... Uh, it'd be weird to start a podcast on prayer without actually praying. And so, Dr. Bean, I want to turn it over to you to start us off with a word of prayer. Let's pray together. Father, it is a wonderful and great privilege to be able to share our hearts with you, Mm -hmm. to open ourselves to you. You already know our minds. You know our lives. You know all that functions within us. But, Father, we bring it honestly and as completely as we possibly can because we love you and we know that we have received your love. And so as we share our thinking and share our experience, we ask for the Holy Spirit to come Mm, and dwell with us and within us, that in fact we might have an authentic and honest and life-affecting, even life-changing conversation with you. And we pray that in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Dr. Bean. So I thought we'd start off, we, we have a basic definition of prayer, um, and even as we were emailing back and forth beforehand, we were just talking through how we define prayer, what comes to mind, and so I thought it'd be helpful. Let's just start, if that definition is our starting point, um, talk more about your understanding of prayer, uh, maybe how you've grown in that over the years, and how, as you've grown in that understanding of prayer, that's shaped the way you've actually practiced mm-hmm. prayer. Mm-hmm. That's a big question, but yeah. I think it'd be helpful yeah. to start definitionally. It's yeah, a big question. Yeah. What comes to mind? Well, I would say, you know, conversation, uh, it certainly is what prayer is about, but it's a, it's a kind of conversation in recognition that we have a Heavenly Father who is God Almighty, who is uh, the creator of all reality. And so sometimes uh, we, over the years, uh, in, in, the, in the fashions of prayer that have been made popular, we had... Uh, some people who were simply focused on a conversation with a relative or someone who they cared about or someone who loved them. And the conversation would sometimes not get around to the real stuff. At the same time, not recognize the, the majesty of the one that we speak to and the one we pray to. One of the things that 
I have come to appreciate is to remember to whom I'm speaking. Mm. So uh, I don't have to watch my language in the sense that he knows what's in my mind already, but at the same time, I, w I want to give some thought to what I talk to him about. So conversations off the cuff, conversations, and we'll talk about that, the, uh, the, uh, the now kinds of prayers, that's good, but there are also other kinds of prayers. So in short, we don't want to get stuck on one kind of prayer or one understanding of prayer. That's helpful. I would pick up on Al's discussion about conversation because if somebody were to ask me, so what is prayer, that would be the first two words I would say. It's a conversation. Yeah. And with everything that Al is saying about recognizing that it's not just me and my girlfriend next door, <laughs> you know, or it's not even me and the pastor, you know, it's God. So that does throw another element in there. But I think our problem, often the problem is, we only hear other people's prayers and it doesn't sound like a conversation because it's just them Ooh, good point. speaking mm -hmm. to God right. over something for a blessing or for a request or to express praise or whatever it might be, but it doesn't sound like a conversation. So we don't, we seldom have a role model for that or a, a model to follow. And some people, you know, you've been in discussions with people when you really, they may say, thanks for the conversation. And you're thinking, we didn't have one. <laughs> <laughs> you just talked to me, <laughs> you know, and I mumbled mm -hmm, mm -hmm, a few times, but that's not a conversation either. And so we tend to do that kind of thing and call it a conversation. And I think what's powerful, if you go back and think, a conversation means, yes, I talk to God. I express praise and uh, respect and regrets and I confess things. But I don't go through a whole litany. I praise him and then I sit and meditate about that praise. And in that, he may say something back to me in a conversation. And sometimes I might say, I need to hear what you want me to do. Well, you can't hear if you continue to talk. <laughs> so you need to understand it is a conversation. It is with God, but you're supposed to listen too because he yeah. wants to speak to you. Otherwise, it's not a conversation. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's Good. helpful. Any thoughts, Dan? Well, I'm gonna go in a different direction. <laughs> My problem was when I first started hearing particularly Baptist, because that's sort of the faith in which I came to faith, right? Mm -hmm. And um, when I would hear them, I was shocked. Because if there were prayers when I was growing up, they were sort of wrote things over the food. God bless this food. May it be a blessing to our bodies. Amen. Pass the potatoes. And I thought prayer was like a, uh, not a ritual, but more like a something that you just sort of ticked to the box. You, you said the words and that was it, right? And... Um, so it was a shock to me to come and listen to people actually pour out their hearts. And I remember I was at dinner with somebody who was a friend of mine who was a Christian when I was not a believer. And she started to pray. And it was like she was talking to somebody who was sitting at the table. And I remember being quite shocked that that was a prayer. And so probably my journey from prayer has come from a different place. To get to a place where I can have what you guys are talking about as a conversation mm -hmm. has been, I didn't know how to hear. And I remember asking people, how do you hear God's voice? 
and doing studies on it and you know so it's a it's a journey if you've never had that kind of conversation in your prayer mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. there was a journey from where you are to get to there mm-hmm. that may not happen overnight <clears throat> it's it's probably something where you are growing up in your faith in this process yeah. of learning to converse mm-hmm. with god mm-hmm. yeah. yeah no that that is yeah, that's so helpful yeah. and i think i think it's a great lead into um, one of the things I think it'd be helpful for us to talk about is kind of common myths with prayer. And one of them, um, which intellectually, I think many of us know this is not the case, but if we're honest, we desire for this is many of us expect to hear an audible voice from God. Hmm. And, you know, there are times in scripture where that happens and, and maybe a few of us are lucky enough to hear that. But in fact, most of us probably will never hear the literal audible voice of God. Or if we do, it's a very rare, um, rare circumstance. And so I think it'd be helpful for us to talk through what are ways to actually discern God's voice. Before we do that, I will just say, if you'll notice even in Scripture, it's very rare that people yes. hear an audible yes. voice from God. So yeah. it's not like, yeah. oh, look, yeah. God used to speak to people, but now exactly he doesn't. Right. I think yeah. we have to recognize that God speaks in many, many ways. Yes. Rarely is it audible yeah. to human ears. And even sometimes in Scripture, when it, we assume it's audible, it may not actually be. That's very right. good point. So, yeah, yeah. yeah what are some helpful ways to discern God's voice you'd say off that? Well, the, the, the first one I naturally go to, just because of, of personality, is I go to silence. Yeah. And, I, and I, quote, listen, unquote, for a movement within myself that, uh, that someone is present and someone is leading, calling. It's a feeling. And I know we're, we're unfortunately taught to be afraid of our feelings sometimes, but that's where, this, that's where it starts. And it's only if I do not have the sensation that God or His Holy Spirit is speaking to me, uh, then I'm going to to step back and reflect on what I'm asking. I'm going to listen to friends, and certainly I'm going to search Scripture. And sometimes Scripture will speak very loudly in itself. True. Or and if you have over the years, if you've tried to plow Scripture into your life. You don't know where it is, but you know it's in the Bible. Yeah. And so you don't, you don't have to uh, uh, know of the address completely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think that's even helpful. You mentioned Scripture. Um, John Piper has this line um, where he'll talk about if you want to hear God's audible voice, uh, open up your Bible and read it out loud. <laughs> and, um, it's true. Yeah. There's a way, of course, you know, when we were praying for something very specific that day, okay, we're probably not going to go, go to the Psalms and immediately find the answer in that way, but we do find God's voice speaking to us, and sometimes I think we can neglect the fact that God has given us thousands of pages yes, right. of His Word to us. That's right. Yeah. That's I think helpful. that's the oldest, that's the teaching I first learned, though, was that there are three ways to hear God's voice. Mm-hmm. One is Scripture itself. Right, right. Uh, Two is to consult with other mm-hmm. praying, deeply right. scripture-embedded right. people mm-hmm. because they also could confirm or deny a word, right, mm-hmm. if you're in doubt. Mm-hmm. And then the third is just in prayer to be silent and see if you can't sense something inside of you. And I think the last one was my hardest one because yeah. I couldn't yeah. decide, am I sensing God's voice or is that just my own mind generating mm-hmm. an idea, right? Yeah. I'll never forget uh, the first time I really knew God was speaking to me. I'm not going to tell you the personal issue I was praying over for (laughs) privacy reasons, but I was praying over something deeply personal to me and saying, I just need to know. I need to know. And the thought that came into my mind was one that I would never Mm. have generated on my own. That's like the exact opposite of Mm -hmm. what I wanted to hear. And I suddenly went, 
that must be God because I know my mind would never have said that (laughs) ever. But once you know that, now you must cope with the fact that God has said this, even Mm. though you were thinking, I sure didn't want to hear that. (laughs) And I think the beauty of that, like in the same way, one of the ways I feel like I've, I've been helped to determine if I'm hearing God's voice is, yeah, if it's an idea that is not going to immediately benefit me and I cannot shake that idea, mm-hmm. that that's a sign to me like, okay, I, I need to meditate on this. Yeah. And then usually running it by a mentor or two, mm-hmm. does it cohere with Scripture? And when those things coalesce, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, I think I think God just laid that let, up for let me. Let me tell you one, one tendency that uh, too many people have when they pray and are listening for an answer, they regard circumstances. As, a, as essentially the word by which God speaks to them. And consequently, they pray, the, particularly on decisions. Yeah. Okay, then I'm, I'm going to make a decision here, and the circumstances turn out well. I got the job. The pay was good. Love my boss and those kinds of things. Therefore, it must have been of, a, of God. Yeah. Well, I don't think circumstances can be a very reliable one unless yes. we check with these other areas. Scripture, experience, Christian friends. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think going on that, I think that's exactly right, of thinking um, Tim Keller has a sermon in which he, he's walking through how do you discern God's voice and meditate on his word, and he'll talk about <clears throat> how if you, one of the things we struggle with is self-reflection, mm-hmm. and he lays out this idea of if you pair Bible reading and trying to understand the text, okay, you know, where am I showing my sin in this text? Where am I showing things about God in this text? Where am I pointing to Jesus? What wisdom? And then you take time to meditate on, okay, what has happened in my life the past day, week, month, year, mm. and what's coming up. Yeah. And you do that every day in combination with sermons, Bible reading, mentors, um, things like that. You can begin to see, okay, these doors, for whatever reason, keep on happening. And even if I try to stray the other direction, it keeps on mm. feeling like God's pointing mm. me a direction. And being able to have the wisdom of folks in your life to say, I think he might yeah. be doing that. Yeah. Like yeah. yesterday, for example... Um, so I was prepping a sermon on James 2, and it's talking about um, caring for those that are hard to care for or those you would not normally seek out or caring for the widows and the poor and others. And uh, had a really busy day, was behind on prep, and was going to do sermon prep off campus and decided, oh, I'm going to go into the office for a little bit. And I pull up, and there was a homeless man that had wandered up. And typically we would uh, we have a pastor on call phone that – that rotates and um, the pastor on call that week would have the conversation and, and try to help the person. But uh, when I went to go contact the pastor on call, um, the person was in a meeting and I realized, okay, like, Lord, this is a divine appointment. And I'd literally just read about this an hour ago, you know, and it was just, that was one of those just so right in front of me. That's right. That's right. Uh, so yeah, just, if we're able to discern wisdom with circumstances. But I love your story because you were saying that it was in line with scripture. Yes. The circumstance didn't just sort of jump out and then you molded scripture to fit it. Yeah. You, you were already deeply enmeshed in the culture of God's word yeah. so that when the circumstance came up, you could go, there it is, yeah. reflected yeah. in front of me. And, and that's the piece that I think people with circumstance, yeah. decision-making, mm-hmm. don't right. do. Mm-hmm. They don't do that immersion. I mean, y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but oftentimes they're sort of what I, I consider people who are partial believers. They've had a confession of faith, but they're not deeply enmeshed in scripture. And so the circumstances come up and they sort of take that as God's will. Mm -hmm. But they, 
I shouldn't be so judgmental and negative, and I do apologize. I don't mean it that way. I just mean that if you are not immersed in Scripture and immersed in the culture of our faith, it's easy to be misled by circumstances. Yeah, that's right. Maybe that's yeah. what I wanted yeah. to say. And if you read Scripture enough, you'll see that just because things go the way you expect and want doesn't mean God's blessing that. He actually may be using it to show you that you have an idol. Yeah. And uh, that's the scary part with circumstances <laughs> is we can feel like, oh, I'm doing the right things. It's successful. God must be blessing it when actually he may be teaching us a different lesson. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Yes. So. You know, and I think, <clears throat> excuse me, that concept that Al brought up about feelings, yeah. that we really, if you're trying to be conscientious, you'll say you have a tendency to want to say, well, it's not about my feelings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But your feelings, if you are in the scripture and you are praying and you are seeking guidance we were given feelings mm -hmm. for a reason mm -hmm. yeah. That's right. and he will talk to you through your feelings mm -hmm. um, and I remember a season when I was in prayer about a job and I didn't listen <laughs> to my feelings because I knew what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> so when I prayed, I had the opportunity for a well-respected job, okay? One that people would think, oh, yeah. wow, isn't that cool, <laughs> you know? And I wanted that, and I took it. Wrong. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but oh. a part of me all the time, I mean, I, and the prayer was, Help me know what I need to do, what I need to do, how I need to, you know. Well, I wasn't seriously asking about that. But inside, my feelings kept going, you're not listening. Yeah. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh, but everybody is saying, this is the right thing. You know, look at the money. Look at the prestige. Look at, so I did the three most miserable years of my life. <laughs> and... Don't you hate those hard lessons? Yes. I hate those. <laughs> Left the job and went back to where I was supposed to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not as prestigious, not as enough money, uh, not the same amount of money, and I was happy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> People would say, can you explain how, why would you do that? I said, well, it would take a long time to explain why I would do that. Yeah. So, <laughs> Well, it really sort of boils right down thing. to ego and yeah. pride, but I don't want to go like that. We'll call it human. Yeah, yeah, human. Being yeah. human. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You are, exactly. but, you, but the feelings are there. Yeah. And yeah. when the feeling right. is saying, you may need to rethink this, you need to rethink this, because that point. is yeah. an answer to your prayer. And it's saying, he understands how from a professional look that looks like the right thing yeah. but it's not you but yeah. let, let me pick up on, on both what uh, Stan has said and what you said because in both cases we're dealing with the fact that our we're not dealing with an incident the prayer is not an isolated time that I'm going to go to the Lord about and, and deal with this mm -hmm. issue we're talking about a life yeah. a life yeah. in which you're investing in scripture a life in which you've been listening and the more practice we have at living the life that God has called us to in intimate relationship with him. Not simply as an ethical, uh, these are the things that I have to do and can't do these things over here, but a relationship with him. Then, uh, then we're going to feel much more comfortable in sensing the Spirit of God however it comes to us. Yes. I think there's a I sense agree. in which as you do that and as you are enmeshed in Scripture, you're in biblical community, um, 
you know, you have confession, repentance continually. There's a sense in which um, the more you do that, the more you are conformed to the image of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And the more you come to know his senses and what he is like, and you think, you know, if you're someone that's been married for a long time, you can almost read your spouse's mind. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes you can't. <laughs> but there's a sense in which even if they don't tell you to do something explicitly, you know, okay, this would please them. This would, this would make their day. And we begin to kind of have that sense with the Lord of there can be that still small voice of, okay, there's not a command in Scripture to do this, but as I'm praying, as this is coming up, this feels like exactly what the Lord would have me to do. I think there's a way that we grow in that, too. Now, now notice this is from a single man. Yeah, that's right. I, I was <laughs> that's thinking right. that. But, but yes. I will say this. In, in, that's in right. Caleb's defense, because also being a single female who once was married, I will say this. I think his analogy is quite right. Because you and I, we have this discussion. Yeah. People think, well, I have to pray because that's what God commands. Mm -hmm. And actually, it's the reverse order. If you love someone, you want to do the yeah. things mm -hmm. that bring you closer to them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And since God has said prayer is a way for us to become yeah. closer, out of, out of my great love and gratitude for all that he has done for mm -hmm. me, I think I want to be in your word. I want to pray, yeah. you know? So um, I think we just have to be a little conceding that yeah. maybe you don't always read your spouse, right? But God has been very clear. Yeah. These yeah. are the things that will bring you closer to mm -hmm. me. And because I want that, I'm willing to do them. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And I think you implied this, but I don't think you quite got to the point of specifically mm -hmm. saying it. it. God wants us to pray and allows us to pray because we need yeah. to do that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. It yeah. Is, absolutely. It is a need for us. And I'll go back to your analogy of a spouse. I mean, if the only time I speak to or listen to that spouse is when I need something, mm -hmm. I want something done, or I need to tell a piece of information, that that's a relationship at such a shallow level. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not going to be satisfying to anybody. True. The conversation is that you need to speak to that other person. Because yeah. you're speaking, you're sharing implies a loving relationship. And God knows what we need, and he planned it for us. Yeah. He doesn't need us to talk to him. He needs, he wants, we need to hear him. True. Right. So it's, it yeah. goes from that direction. Mm -hmm. That's right. I don't disagree with that at all. No, I, like, I, I love I'm, that you said that. And I think if, if all we're doing in prayer is just asking God for things, <clears throat> it ends up becoming like us treating God like a genie in a bottle mm -hmm. and just, you know, we rub, we rub the, uh, rub the lamp and then we ask for the three things and then that's all. <laughs> and really at the end of the day, we become God in that scenario. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you guys. I do not want to be God. That's, I am so incompetent right. for that job. <laughs> yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. So you're, I think you're exactly right. Are there any other myths that come to mind or just uh, misconceptions when you think about prayer more broadly, that as, you, as you've uh, grown up in the faith, you think uh, this is something I thought or I'd seen. That it just isn't quite right. It may be helpful to correct. Well, well I'm going to do your genie in the bottle thing because yeah. I have uh, before in my own life been here, and I've spoken with other people that have also been in this position. So I assume it's not isolated to me. Um, we can fall into the trap of saying, if I just pray in the right way, mm -hmm. yeah. God yeah. will answer. Yeah. That's right. Maybe we just say God will answer, but maybe we're really thinking God will answer the way I want him to answer. Yeah. So it's a, we don't say the genie thing, but 
you know, sometimes there become ritual phrases. If I just say, in Jesus' name at mm -hmm. the end of the prayer, well, of course then he's yeah. obligated, right? right. Yeah. Or, you know, Scripture says you don't have because you don't ask. So I'm going to ask right. in Jesus' name. You know, so I'm concerned when I find myself praying, having expectations that God is going to answer. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's an answer in any particular way. I become alarmed that my own inner life has become about me on the throne, not God on the throne. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. that's helpful. I can still fall into the genie mode every now and then. I wish I didn't. I wish I could say <laughs> clearly, I have moved beyond that. Look how awesome I am. <laughs> yep. But the truth of the matter is, I think any of us can have a window of our life where we become desperate for something to happen. Mm -hmm. and. Mm -hmm we can fall back into the genie mode. Yeah, that's right. Well, I can think before a seminary exam in Hebrew, thinking, oh my goodness, Lord, come now, I need you. <laughs> that's the genie in the bottle. <laughs> but you were, you were talking about myths. There are all sorts of myths that go along with prayer. One is, uh, one is as Stan mentioned, the if I pray in Jesus' name, yeah. without giving any serious consideration to what that might mean, mm -hmm. a little book by uh, Andrew Murray with Christ in the School of Prayer will... We'll take care of that uh, that myth. <laughs> also, the the number of times you have to pray, you have to pray in a particular way. And since I grew up in church, you had to pray with the these and the thous and the thine. Yeah. And uh, consequently, if you had a conversational tone, uh, that meant that you were not as spiritual quite as other people. Yeah. And sort of this goes back to, to something Stan mentioned, how we learn to pray. And we mm -hmm. learn to listen to people. And if you grow up in church, you learn one thing. If you do not grow up in church, then uh, you have a different starting point. So it makes a difference. And, and uh, for some folks, uh, another myth uh, that, that is a pretty common is if you pray more than once, it means you don't have faith. So hmm. somehow we've got to have this faith thing. Uh, and how do, you, how do you increase faith? I've always asked people, how, you how do you measure your faith? Now you say you believe, okay, I understand you believe, but now you want to increase your faith? Well, how do you do that? Yeah. And so say people turn to Jesus' words about if you, if you have faith as a mustard seed and if you believe that you receive what you prayed for, then you can, you can uh, move the mountains. Even if God put the mountain there in the first place, you can move the mountains because uh, you want it out of your way. So we've got these kinds of myths also that get in the way simply of honest, honest uh, intimate relationship Yep. conversation, behavior, expectation, experience. Mm -hmm. Don't you think that name it and claim it in prayer uh, oh. myth Ooh. is, again, a manifestation of the genie model that we were just yeah. talking about? Yeah. It's, it's as if that if I say it and I believe it enough, God is obligated to move that mountain. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I have not found that to be true. Yeah. No. No. So let, let's not. take that. <laughs> let's take that for a second. One of the one of the verses I always hear cited with this, um, and I think there's more people that would, if they were honest, they're drawn to believe this. Um, out of context would be so Psalm thirty-seven four says, "Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart." Mm. Um, and I've heard a number of individuals that. Um, they wouldn't probably say this out loud, but there's a sense in which they believe, like, if I, if I ask God for this and I feel like I have joy in God, then he will give me what I'm asking for. Um, what would you say to someone like that? Because uh, all of us at the table would know uh, we've each prayed for things that God has not given us. Mm -hmm. um, it feels like we've delighted ourselves in the Lord. So what, what does that mean? 
That's a rather deep question. It is. <laughs> what that means, um, yeah. and I'm probably foolish to try to answer it. But God knows our heart. Mm-hmm. He wants our heart to be in line with his heart. Yes. Yeah. So when my heart is in line with his heart, yes. the desires of my heart are going to look different than what you all are thinking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I desire a bigger house because it's too small for my family. It's not an unreasonable thing to pray for. That's not the kind of desire of your heart that God is talking about. Yeah. True. That's if right. the desire of my heart is help me to be satisfied with the gifts I've already been given, that's a desire that he's going to fulfill for you. So, and it, and it kind of goes back to that circumstances mm-hmm. thing. So mm-hmm. if the desires of my heart have to do with circumstances, and they can be important circumstances, yes, right. you know, a family of six living in a two-room house may have a circumstantial need for a bigger place. True. But that's circumstances. Somebody who is very ill, you know, and we love them and we don't want to lose mm-hmm. them and we don't want them to be in pain. Those are legitimate circumstances. That's right. But the desire of your heart Mm -hmm. is a different concept. My desire of my heart related to this person that's very ill is that I want them not to suffer. Yes. And it's it's an idea of passion and love. God understands that. So he may not give me the answer in the way I want it, Mm. but he may give me a comfort that I need to deal with it. Well or said, the Bob. patience to deal with it. Yeah. Well said. I think that's so good. And just to, to think if we know when we delight our um, ourselves in the Lord, we are going to delight in what he delights in. And if we know he is good above all else, that just to your point, um, praying for someone that, that is hurting, is in the hospital, is a good and right prayer. And if God does not answer the prayer as we want, we can trust, okay, God, we don't understand what's going on, but we know you have good in mind. And to say, I can, there's a way that I can delight in trusting in you despite the circumstances mm-hmm. yeah. well i and think that the word delight is the key word there not the desires yes it's the delight and in what sense uh, as i think about praying or as we come to prayer and as we whatever the circumstances might be do i really delight in the lord or is he uh just somebody who is going to give me what i want that's right and uh Trust in the Lord and lean not to your own understanding. Yeah. Classic, classic <laughs> verse. That's right. mm-hmm. Oh, but I, yeah. I, this is what I want. I, I've mm-hmm. already figured it out, Lord. All you have to do is just kind of plug it in over here and we'll be okay. And See, one, I love the fact that you brought a separate piece of scripture in here to shore up the delight part. Mm-hmm. Because as, as you guys were talking and I'm listening to Barb, which I loved what she said, I think, you know, other parts of scripture says that he gave us a new heart. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to get the desires of our old heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to get the desires mm-hmm. of our mm-hmm. new yeah. heart, right? Yeah. And so this is the value to me of being steeped in Scripture, mm-hmm. that the Scripture speaks to itself sometimes for mm-hmm. clarity. That's why I just love that you brought that in, because mm-hmm. I don't disagree. We must delight in Him first, mm-hmm. and then our new heart's desires will be aligned with God's heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Which doesn't mean that we're going to like everything God does. Right. True. That's right. It does mean we're going to delight in Him. So let me give a, a real life today example. 
So I have a son who um, resigned his job for good reasons, but resigned his job about eight or nine months ago, okay? Now, he has a family that he needs to continue to support, and they need to continue to have the things that you need, you know, for life. So we're praying for a job for him, okay? And after a short amount of time, and I don't remember now, maybe it was a few weeks, I thought, you know, I'm asking God for a job. I had a specific kind of job in mind because that's what he loved. Um, and and I knew he, he, and it hadn't been a high paying job, so I didn't have a lot of, you know, back support <laughs> there. Um, and you don't want them to suffer. You don't want them to go through a variety of dastardly circumstances that can result from that kind of thing. So I really one day stopped and thought, you know what? You're not doing the right thing here in your prayers for yourself or for your son. So I started saying, God, you are aware of his circumstances. You know what his needs are. I'm asking for you to give him the patience to go through whatever amount of time is needed yeah. for mm -hmm. what the job will be and where it is he's supposed to go. And I thank you for the plan that you have in place mm. that we don't know about. Amen. Mm -hmm. And when I started praying that way, then I felt I mean, there were still, t I felt better about the situation. Mm -hmm. There certainly were still times when the mother who knew something that was going on <laughs> thought, oh, this, this this isn't going in a good direction because I'm human, you know, and this yeah. is your kid. You know, you don't want them to go through really bad, difficult things. Yeah. Sure. But that focus on prayer would allow me to say, it's okay, Barb. You know, yeah. God's got this. So I called him and I said, let me just share something with you. And maybe this will help. Yeah. Mm, that's so good. Yeah. That's right. So we've, we've kind of talked about this already a little bit in different ways, but I think it'd be helpful to spend some time talking about this explicitly. Um, we've already mentioned, okay, how do you discern God's voice? What do you do mm -hmm. when your prayers aren't answered the way you expect? Mm -hmm. So I, I want us to, to spend a little bit of time talking about unanswered prayers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what does that mean uh, when we pray to God? And we pray the best we can tell in faith and everything, and yet it seems like there's no answer. We can't hear a voice. We can't seem to discern a voice. Um, nothing we prayed for seems to be coming to pass. How do we discern that? Well, I, I thought you would preach to us your sermon on there's no such thing as unanswered prayer. <laughs> well, I might if you get me going. We'll see. <laughs> well, uh, I, th I think there are, there are times when God hears our prayer, is not ready to respond to our prayer, whether it's for, for reasons of our learning patience or our learning to trust him or whatever it is. Uh, the thinking, one of the things that we think about, uh, when I think about this, is, is making decisions. And one of the first questions, if I'm asking God, you know, which way to go, right or left, up or down, whatever it might be, basic question is, will I obey whatever he says? <laughs> Yes. Uh, I have to, to, to do that, I have to examine my heart and uh, recognize, okay, I, I know what I want. That's not the issue. The issue is, what, what do you want? 
And so if, if I say, I'm going to do whatever you say, a, a good example, we've been studying Jeremiah recently, and uh, toward the close of Jeremiah's ministry, he had the opportunity, uh, some people came to him and asked him about God's, uh, go to God and ask God what we ought to do. Should we go to Egypt? Should we stay here in the land of Israel? And God, Je Jeremiah says, I will, I will check, I'll come back in a week, and I'll let you know. Implication was, whatever God says we're going to do, because they said that. They came back a week later. God said, stay here in the land of Israel. They promptly took Jeremiah and his friend Baruch. They went to Egypt. So sometimes we are praying for God's reinforcement of what we already want to do or know we're going to do because of our natural fear. So examining the heart is one thing that we have to look at and then need to make sure that we understand that well, however he answers, and this goes back to the health issue, however he answers, it's going to be for the best. Uh, J.I. Packer in his little book on praying has a, has a portion of it which he talks about at the end of the prayer when we're praying for something specific like someone's health or decision that we need to make or something like that. Offering God, this is, this is what I want to do. Saying to God, this in the prayer, I, this is what I want to do. And I, I really pray that you would let me do that, lead me to do that, provide the job, whatever it might be. But if you don't, or if you choose to do something else, I will know it's the best thing. Yeah. So going into prayer without knowing any, having any idea of what's going to come out of it, yeah. knowing that God is going to do the best for us. There's a Tim Keller quote where he says, it's a little bit mind-bending when you first hear it, but he says, you would answer your prayers exactly as God has if you knew everything that God knew. Mm. <laughs> and uh, it takes yes. a little bit, it's yeah. like, right. you would, you would answer right. your prayers exactly right. as God has if you knew everything that he knew. Oh, yeah. And uh, I just think, even in my own life, like how many times I... I only I, I don't even really exhaustively know my own circumstances and thoughts and mm -hmm. and self and so and I'm only often having this moment in my purview and yet for God to have all of eternity inside He knows what we best mm -hmm. in the end mm -hmm. and I can trust. And I think you know to to go another step I don't know if it's deeper or in a different direction, but when you are praying for something uh, that's important mm -hmm. and you're not asking for something. Um, wrong or big but it's an important thing and you're not getting an answer or you're not understanding or you're not able to accept whatever that seems to be the answer one of the things you may need to do is to ask God to show you what's the lesson I'm supposed to be yes. learning mm -hmm. that's good yeah. during this that is right. yeah. what is it I yeah. don't understand about the situation or what is it I don't understand about me. Why am I having so much difficulty accepting what seems to be the direction? But what's the lesson? Because every situation we are in, our uh, interaction we have with God is there for a reason. And it really may not even be about us. Yeah. It may be about mm -hmm. something outside True. of us. Mm -hmm. But we don't realize that. You know, we think it it's really all about me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, am, I, am I getting what I want and need and satisfied and feeling yeah. good? You know? Well, it's not about me. It's about True. someone else over there or it's about some other set of circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't learn that lesson, lesson if yeah. you never get beyond the, why are you not answering my prayers? Yeah. And well, yeah. 
that was, should be a real question. Why aren't you answering this prayer? Yeah. What is it that I need to learn in this process? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote a note to myself right along that line. Let unanswered prayer change me. Yeah. Yeah. And it will. Mm-hmm. For the better. If that's right. If you yeah. that's right. If, if we're delighting in the Lord. Yes. Now, yeah. if I'm using him as a genie, no, no it won't work mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. I'm not. Uh, he's my vending machine God. I haven't put enough prayers. I haven't been yeah. a good enough boy. Uh, I've, I've got to work a little hard at my ethic here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. One of the things uh, Jonathan Edwards has a sermon called The Most High, A Prayer Hearing God on Psalm 62. And he'll talk about how one of the reasons... Um, it feels like God takes so long in answering some of our prayers is because he's actually preparing our hearts to receive what he would give us. Mm-hmm. And the thing, you know, to think, mm-hmm. even as a kid, if I if I just asked for something and was given, you know, given mm-hmm. the thing right mm-hmm. away, I would feel like I was entitled to it. <laughs> but if I had to if I had to work for it, I don't want to quite put it in that way, but, you know, if I'm continually asking, it's actually mm-hmm. preparing my heart to receive the gift. That's right. And it changes the way we yeah. do that. Um, well, I was going to say something slightly. I loved what you guys said. I feel so, I love talking to you and doing this because I always go, that's good. You know, I love it. But here's where I was going to go, and you feel free to correct me if you think this is foolish, but I find that my unanswered prayers come in two forms. One where I get no answer, and one where I get a no answer. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, so I can pray and pray and pray and ask for God's guidance, and I'm not getting anything. It's like, you know, it's like... knocking the door hello are you up there hello and I believe that in those moments when I have prayed and prayed and prayed and I'm really getting no answer Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think okay the the deal here is God trusts me to make this decision I'm up against my deadline I must make Mm -hmm. a decision and then God is big enough to use whatever happens to make his will true so that my little decision, even though I think it's a big one for me, is not going to suddenly derail God's plan, right? right? So I have to trust, when I get no answer, that God is still big enough and good, yeah. that whatever happens here, he'll still be good. Okay, so that's the, I got no answer, yeah. unanswered prayer. Well, And I think real quick on that point, one of the helpful things is, I think just to your point, when it feels like there is no answer, and it, it doesn't feel like an immediate no but it just feels like no answer. Sometimes I think that's God actually driving us to his word and to himself so that he is forcing us, okay, i got to lean in more than normal. And I think that shapes us in our decision-making. I do. Mm-hmm. Then the other unanswered prayer is the one where I get the no answer, and I don't like it because, like, who likes that, yeah. right? And, and I really have to, that's when I really have to lean in to say, God is still good. Right. I still that's trust right. him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't get to our ages without having prayed over something that was really important to you and was going to break your heart. And you got to know. Yeah. And you were like, really, God? Because I'm telling you, this is going to crush me if this is a yeah. no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this is a no. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. that's the moment where I think sometimes people have a crisis of faith. They will either at that point say, well, you're just not a good God, and they'll yeah. walk away yeah. from the faith. Or they will, if they're very, very blessed by our Savior, they will say, okay, I trust you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that you are still good. Yeah. And somehow we're going to come out the other side of this, and there are going to be see blessings that I cannot now imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... That's my response. Yeah. I don't think I ever get completely unanswered player, prayer. I just get no answer, 
or I get a no answer. Yeah. And either one, my response has to be, you are still good. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the examples that kind of speaks to me on that level was um, as we wrestle with the, the no's and things like that, I think about Jesus in the garden. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, of course, the, the caveat being saying he's praying it according to God's will. Um, so God, you know, whatever mm-hmm. you would want to come to pass. But at the same time, there was a no. I mean, he had to go to the cross. Mm-hmm. And I think about then Romans 8 and this right before the, you know, the famous verse, Romans eight twenty eight. God does um, mm-hmm. all things for the good of those who love him. That right before that, it talks about the spirit interceding mm-hmm. on our behalf. And there's a sense in which, um, one, that's so comforting because it means even when we don't have the words to pray and we're moments of desperation, where it just feels like, Lord, what are you doing? Why is this a no? What is going on? Even when we can get the words out, he intercedes. But also knowing that if we can trust that God is good, sometimes the Spirit intercedes for things on our behalf that we actually would never pray mm-hmm. because the Spirit actually knows the will of God and he knows what we need. Mm-hmm. And thinking the Spirit surely knew, okay, Jesus has to go to the cross if we're going to save God's people. And there's a sense in which that even in that no, we can trust, okay, um, Lord, I, I know you're good. I know your spirit must be interceding in a way that I don't understand, but I'm trusting. You know, I, 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 go ahead, Barb. I was just going to say, I think that word good yeah. is problem for us, mm-hmm. especially yeah. for people in our country. Yeah. Because we translate good into a lack of any problem, you know. Mm-hmm. Everything right. is fine. Right. It's good. Yeah. It's just what I need. It's what I want. It makes me happy. Whatever it is. And that's not what that no. good is referencing at all. Yeah. That's right. And I, I think part of this came to me on a trip to India one time where you see people who are so happily um, engaged in their worship of God. They have become a Christian and they are absolutely full of joy and delighted. And there's not much that we would describe as good about their circumstances. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They are very thin because they aren't getting enough food. They live in places we would never give a second thought to living in. And, you know, and they bring a cup of rice as their offering Mm -hmm. because it's what they have to give. So we don't understand what good is in that scripture. That's right. And that's huge. Yeah. Uh, I I see that uh, often over the years in praying for serious health issues. When uh, a loved one or a friend ends up in the hospital after an accident or disease or something like that, and and we begin to pray for healing, we begin to pray for wisdom for the doctors and so on, we are oftentimes unwilling to even consider the fact that this might be, God might have a different plan for what he's going to do. Uh, and so that you can, you can go to the hospital and find out that is the very best place while you're a patient to witness to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Not going to pray that you go there, but uh, then if your if your friends and neighbors are praying that you be healed and you get out, no, no, he's he's doing something else. He's in the hospital, mm-hmm. and so he's. I, I want to use him right there. So when I'm through using him right there, I'll either take him home or send him home. One That's or right. two. Yeah. That's right. True. And I think I think there's even a key of just even as we're processing through, um, 
God answering our prayers differently than we'd expect and the way he uses them for good, um, I always think of in that moment like a surprise birthday party. Hmm. And you think, uh, <laughs> I can remember a time in college where I had a friend who just said, you know what, I, uh, it was, his birthday was coming up. I just want to spend time with friends and just have a nice meal. That's all, that's all I want. And uh, so what he didn't know behind the scenes is we were playing this big surprise party. People were coming in town uh, mm. from out of town, and we were getting his favorite foods together. And so as we get closer to the date, he's, he's trying to get a date on the calendar for us to get dinner, and we wouldn't commit because it was when the surprise party was. <laughs> and he'd get, he got so frustrated. And finally, I mean, he was really down. Like, why would you guys, this is such a simple request. Why would you want to answer this? This seems like a good thing to do. <laughs> and felt totally dejected. And then he walks in the door, and you know, there's this big surprise, and realizing, oh, my goodness. Like, it wasn't you guys weren't listening, and you, but you knew what I wanted, and you had something yeah. better. Yeah. And I just think of the same thing. Yeah. Just, that That's happens right. all the time to us in prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to change the topic a little bit, but I think we need to talk a little bit about the times when we feel like we can't pray. Mm -hmm. We can't. We don't want to. We don't know what to say, uh, and we don't want to do it. And that does happen to everybody. Whether you think you've just been a Christian and not really done a lot and don't know a lot of Scripture, or you just deeply embedded and know it all, you can get to a point where I don't want to pray, yeah. and I think that's I think that's a piece of discussion to have. Mm-hmm. How have you have you handled that in your own life when you've gotten to that place? Oh, you think I'm implying that? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you did say all of us. Yes, yes, absolutely. Because I I can remember very specifically, a, a, and there's probably more, but you know, a couple of serious times when it was like I can't pray, yeah. and hmm. part of what the one time was, was because I was so emotionally challenged by the circumstances that were around me that I didn't ask for. I, in fact, I'd ask for it not to be the circumstances. I don't mean God. I mean mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. The, the causes to get you there, the human causes to get you there. Didn't ask for it, didn't want it, couldn't accept it. It was a, uh-uh, this can't be as it is and I and it I had to get to the point that I could say okay God I don't understand I don't get it I don't see that it's purposeful or helpful but it there must be some reason so you're God I'm gonna praise you I mean and this was not a sit-down prayer this was an out loud cry Mm -hmm. I will praise you for being God. That's the only thing that I can bring myself to say right now. Right. It is the only thing I am thankful for. Yeah. You know, I was thankful for my kids. I was thankful, <laughs> you know, but, but it was the only thing in prayer that I could say. And until I could do that, and that took effort. Yeah. And gradually, I got back to where I could pray. Yeah. And listen, and accept that it was exactly what was going to be for a certain amount of time yeah. and learned a huge amount mm. over a six-year period of time. So mm. it wasn't a few weeks or a few yeah. months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I did have, I had to get out of that because I knew you can't go on like that because you're going to, you know, you're going to wreck a whole bunch of stuff yeah. in your life if you continue to do that. Yeah. And I think, I think even with that, um, not that you're saying... 
giving excuse to not pray. But no. at the same time, um, I think one of the most reassuring things is knowing, okay, even even when we don't know what to pray, or like our emotions are just so stirred up when we have no desire, God still knows what we're thinking. Mm-hmm. He knows what we need. And in some ways, I almost just think of it like, um, you know, there, a, a baby can cry, and uh, it's not saying anything coherent, but the parent knows. That, that's a call of like, I, I know I need to come. And I even know what they're saying sometimes. Mm-hmm. I know what they need. And yeah. sometimes you just get in places like that where it's like, I don't even know what to pray. I'm, I'm so done. Well, I think this is a good, good place also to remind ourselves that as Christians, we are called to be in community. Yeah. And I think there are times, uh, perhaps not as profound as, as Barb's, but there are times when we don't pray, can't pray, I, I don't know how we, how we want to put it, and we can find, if we have believing brothers and sisters, we can have them pray for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't, oftentimes, if, uh, if you have a good Christian friend, you don't even have to talk about the circumstances. You simply have to say, I am so caught up in this that I don't know what I'm thinking, I don't know what I'm feeling, and I'm angry at everybody around me. Would you please, as God leads you, would you please pray for me? And that was the one thing that mm. was provided by God within a few months. Oh, great, great. He brought a friend mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I still have Yeah, yeah. today. And yeah. that's been a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. oh, and yeah. one of the things, and I didn't learn this at the time of that particular uh, instance. I learned it fairly recently, actually, is that if I'm having difficulty praying or having difficulty focusing, and I have found that, and maybe it's a symptom of age or maybe it's just circumstances, that it seems like, you know, I will sit down to pray and then it's like, okay, wait a minute, you're over here on a rabbit trail doing something else that has <laughs> nothing to do right. with praying of what mm-hmm. you were, you know, wanting to listen for or talk to God about. If I write out mm. my, what I want as my prayer, and it's not that I'm sitting here thinking, now what is it I wanna say? I just start writing. God, I'm so frustrated this morning. I was trying to pray, and, and here I am thinking about, you know, what I need to take to the grocery store today. list. Yeah. You know, right. and, and I don't understand why I do this. Well, if you just, it's just an automatic mm. recording of anything that's going on in your mind about praying. Yeah. And it's amazing what, you, what I wind up with. Because it will start out with that, how did I get over on that? <laughs> and then at the end, I realized I've really identified some uh, a major concern or something that I really wanted to express but I didn't know how to express it and in the writing of it you can start you know writing it and and then you're going oh but that's not exactly what I mean what I really I mean and but it's kind of a free flow thing and it but it's very effective when you're not sure what to pray for or when you're struggling uh, to focus on prayer yeah I found it very helpful yeah. Let's let's take that and with the time we've got left. Um, Before you shift, I wanted yes. to say one thing about you know struggling to pray. I don't have the struggle to pray when I'm in deep dire straits. I will mm. be honest. In my life, yeah. that has not been my experience. <laughs> you know when I struggle to pray when everything's going groovy. Yeah. You know, my bank account has money. Everybody's healthy. Mm-hmm. The mortgage is being paid right, and I will find myself drifting. Mm-hmm. My face has become sort of on autopilot, yep. Yep. and I don't like those times. When they happen, 
used to God would send me into some sort of a crisis to remind me to come back, you know? Now when it all starts going groovy, instead of drifting, I have learned it's the most dangerous place for me. And I must bury my face in scripture when things are going well because it becomes really easy for me to not pray. So I don't know, maybe nobody else has that experience, oh, but yes. my experience is when everything's going groovy, yes. you know, I'm not, I'm not nearly as uh, yeah. prayerful. Yeah. See, that takes us right back to what Barb was saying about this word good, because uh, we think everything is good. I'm healthy, the kids are healthy, mm-hmm. got mm-hmm. money in the bank, uh, cows out west, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> everything is good, and it turns out, no. No, because all of a sudden we're not listening for the Lord's voice. We're not leaning on Him. That's we're not true. asking, what would you like me to do today, Lord? That's true. Uh, we're yeah. just taking care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. I'm so thankful that I finally learned that, though. You know, I could have gone my whole life to the grave and not ever figured that one out. Yeah. As you see it as a pattern in your life, you start going, uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think even to your point, so James 1, starting verse 2 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And just the idea, to your exact point, is sometimes actually God drives us into hard circumstances sure. because we need to rely on Him. Mm-hmm. So we're not so self-sufficient. Exactly. I'm yes. guilty as charged, right yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And we, yeah. know, we know those trials are divine uh, invitations to intimacy mm-hmm. and not just, you know, this angry God or a non-existent God. We know, oh my goodness, there's a good purpose there. Mm-hmm. But you know, yeah. one, of the, one of the simple things that I learned a long time ago, and sometimes I'm still consistent in it, uh, I get up and I, I pray early in the morning, and sometimes you don't feel like praying early in the morning, and sometimes you can't hardly wake up, can't get enough <laughs> coffee inside of you. And I discovered that <coughs> whatever devotional reading I might be doing at, at any time, Open the book and read until something clicks. Right. Close the book and begin to pray. Don't keep going. Don't finish the paragraph. Don't say, oh, let me finish this chapter. That's you right. know, this guy's writing really good stuff here. Yeah. That's the time. Okay. God's got your attention. Go with it. Yeah. And that's, that's a good, good reminder. I'd forgotten that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't mean to cut short the conversation about mm-hmm. writing your prayers yeah. out because I don't disagree. And I sometimes will use them in tandem, especially if I'm feeling dry. Mm-hmm. I'll pick up whatever yeah. I'm yeah. reading at the moment, wait until something strikes me, and then I grab my journal because mm. it will keep me more focused. Yeah. So I do. I, I can have an attention span mm-hmm. of a gnat sometimes when I'm praying, <laughs> you know? Like, dear Jesus, thank you so much. You're so beautiful. i got to make it some bread at the store today and I'm gone <laughs> right <laughs> that's good yes so let's let's take uh, your discussion about writing out your prayers and shift to at the time we've got left um, into ways um, that we pray practices helpful techniques because again we mentioned this at the beginning but sometimes we can just picture just there's a wooden dinner conversational mm-hmm. yeah. prayer yeah. and that's it yeah. Right. And so I know, Barb, one of the things um, you mentioned is praying the Bible. Yes. So I'd love for us to take a moment to, yeah. to talk mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, yeah that, that is something that I've come to understand and use very recently. I didn't do it younger. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, mm-hmm. I don't think I knew it. Mm-hmm. But my first thought when somebody was talking about it is like, what, what do you mean? You just read through it and yeah. say, God, this is my yeah. prayer. Mm-hmm. But then I heard somebody do it, and I think that's the best way to understand what it means to pray through it. So I've got about three verses here that would take not very long, and I'm going to pray using it. This Love is it. from mm-hmm. the book of Psalms, chapter 16, the first two or three verses. 
Father, thank you for allowing me the opportunity to look at your scripture and to see what it can say to me. And this morning, Father, I need to ask you to preserve me. I feel attacked. I feel um, confused. I am not sure what is going on around me, and I need your protection. I need you to preserve me. For God, in you, I know I can take refuge. I come to you and seek um, peace in, in your arms, in your refuge, in your place where I can go to and be protected and be strengthened. And Father, I say to you, Lord, you are my Lord, and I know you are my Lord. And I thank you for the privilege of knowing you and recognizing that you are. And I recognize that apart from you, there is nothing good in my life. Mm. I recognize that you are the epitome of what is good. And I thank you, Father, for that gift. Amen. 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 And so basically, good. that's the first three verses mm -hmm. in that, mm -hmm. that chapter. Yeah. There is a great book that it lays it out called Praying the Bible by Donald Whitney mm -hmm. that is so helpful. Mm -hmm. um, the, Let me give me another example. Uh, I won't try to pray it, but uh, using Scripture, Ben, what almost all of us who have spent any time in Scripture know is Psalm 23. Mm -hmm. Now, it's very easy to pray that and not get past the first verse. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Because we have these problems with wants, but really what the what the psalmist is talking about, I have no no needs. Mm -hmm. I'm not short of anything. And so that's an, that's another mm -hmm. one that has so often brought me back to uh, to using scripture mm -hmm. in prayer. Yeah, great. So fun. So my favorite thing to pray through scripture is the end of Isaiah. And don't ask me for the song and the verse because I'll, I'll have to stop and look it up. But I'll get to the end of Isaiah where it starts to praise God, our maker and our creator. And boy, if I am reading, it is hard for me to not stop every few phrases and just start praising along with Isaiah. Because when I am reminded by scripture how awesome and beautiful he is, my heart just has a response, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, I think whether I'm in need mm -hmm. or whether I am in awe or whether I'm asking in supplication for somebody else, which I'm not very good at, um, scripture can give you a place to start, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. especially yes. if you're dry and yes. you're lost. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I just wanna, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Collect that table. Um, one of the reasons why I chose those three verses is that that first verse that preserve me O God for mm -hmm. in thee do I place my trust is my life verse mm, awesome. and it was from I got it when I was 16 years old I needed to write something a devotional for a group that I belonged to couldn't figure out what to write and my mother pointed out that particular mm -hmm. verse but what it does is it allows you to pray that verse to God at any point mm. when you're struggling and I've mm. used that verse over time it's like okay God mm -hmm. I, I need a refuge here. I need preservation. And in you, I've got my trust. And what's my mm -hmm. next step? Yeah, that's good. I love it. I think one of the one of the things I, that's helped me in praying Scripture is, especially if you're praying through the Psalms, but you could choose so many different passages, is the way Scripture exalts who God is. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's helped me, even mm -hmm. in my own prayers, a lot of times I will start off 
you know, you think Jesus says, hallowed be thy name. And mm-hmm. there is so much theology mm-hmm. built in that is saying, mm-hmm. God, you are high and lifted up. And the moment I, I start my prayers with who God is, it changes where I'm going. Because if I'm just going for that, the quick ask, which, again, we can do that, <laughs> but it, it helps calm my soul. To like, okay, mm-hmm. not only do I know that yeah, I can right. go to you, but at the same time, whatever problem I'm dealing with this moment is not bigger than you are. Mm-hmm. That That's just true. changes my prayers. So. That's true. And, and, and don't ever feel uh, that you have to, if you're reading a psalm and you want to pray that psalm, don't ever feel that you have to use the whole psalm. Mm-hmm. Because right. uh, some of them are long, some of them they change their their mood in the middle of the psalm. Uh, so when it's speaking and the Holy Spirit is using, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's not just psalms; you can pray any yeah, other. That's right. That's right. Too. Yes. That's right. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm in uh, Isaiah 40 to 55, and in every it seems like every chapter in that portion, you have a strong emphasis. I am God. There's no other God. I'm the that's only right. one. I'm the only one. Need to need to keep hearing that. Right. That's good. What are some other ways that have been helpful for you all as you think through just praying in your own journey, your own faith walk? Um, Let me tell you the one that doesn't work for me, and I've heard it work for other people. <laughs> because because it does work for other people. I will go into you know Bible studies and people will have a prayer list, right? Oh, yeah. And I'll watch other people and they make a list and they take it home and I make a list and I take it home and I promptly forget it. So I think there is a strategy out there to make a list and then take it home. And in your prayer time, you bring up those issues on the list while you're doing it. It has never worked for me, never not once. So if I tell somebody, I will pray for you, I better do it right that minute. And and often in their presence, because if I do not, my, you know, nat attention span will immediately forget it. And then I have broken my word to yeah, pray for yeah. somebody. And I don't mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think there are strategies that work for some people yeah. and not for sure. others. Sure. And the making a list of all of the prayer requests from the class that you were in on Sunday just bombs for me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if it's working for other people, I want to go, you rock, go get it. Yeah. <laughs> but I think even with that, one of the things I've been convicted by is... Yeah, I don't know how many times I'll tell somebody, oh, yeah, I'll pray for that. And then I just, you know, I mean it in the moment, but then I forget. Sure. And the Lord's convicted me of, you just pray for them in the moment with them. Do it them. right then. Mm-hmm. And I find that even with a lot of non-Christians, that is a great way to, to make their yeah. day. Oh, Many yeah. of them are open to it, especially mm-hmm. if they're yeah. opening up their heart enough to that's talk right. about a problem. Yeah. So yeah. It's really And helpful. the easiest way to do it, because if you don't know if they're Christian, you have to say, would you be comfortable yes. if I prayed yeah. aloud yeah. over this issue yes. with you? Right. Yes. If yeah. they say no, don't press don't on, because yeah. that just makes you a bad, evil person. Yeah. <laughs> but if they say yes, that means they are open to it, and then it's yeah. a perfect moment to do it. I wanted to give another strategy for when you are having difficulty praying. Mm-hmm. If you have made and continually make a list of the things that you have to be thankful for, mm-hmm. you might do that oh, on a daily basis yeah. or just weekly or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. But have that list handy and look at the list and start reading through the list and you'll go, oh my goodness, I'd forgotten about that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. True. And then you can stop and pray. You know, you did answer a prayer. I remember it took a long time, but you were always there for me. It will trigger things to be thankful for. It will open up your heart, which is what the problem is. You've, Mm -hmm. You've closed it for some reason. Um, it's different. You don't want to deal with some emotion or circumstance, yeah. but that will give you an emotion mm-hmm. that you can deal with, That's and right. then you can more likely get 
eventually to where you need to get. There's one other strategy that I that I have come to use a great deal uh, when, when after reading about a circle of prayer, and it's it is asking God what He wants me to pray about, Ooh. beginning with a time of silence. Uh, the book that I read talked about the prayers beginning with God, coming down, touching our hearts. We pray in obedience and in response. The prayer is answered. We get the satisfaction of answered prayer. God gets the glory for what he has accomplished, which is what he wanted to do in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so we stay in that circle. And so when I begin with it, I always begin with a time of silence, if, if possible. And I, and I listen for who it is. And time and time again, when I have, at the end of my prayer time, I will go in and sometimes uh, and often send a, an email to the person that I prayed about. Uh, sometimes I know what I, what I was supposed to pray about. Some, well, you were in my prayer. God brought you to mind today. So just want you to know that you're on his mind too and let it go at that. Mm. And uh, more often than not, they will respond by saying, your prayer came just at the right time. We had something going. Yeah. 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 You know, think about how I've done, I've kind of been doing the same thing, and I'll just shoot someone a text mm-hmm. because they think, okay, God God brought that person to my mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even if it's, you know, just for a split second. Mm-hmm. But also, even if uh, even if nothing is going on in their life, because I've sent that text a few times, and someone will be like, wait, <laughs> should I be worried? Like, is something happening? <laughs> but, uh, is God praying, giving me a word? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you're praying, it must be bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's but, a capital A, capital W, a word. <laughs> that's right. But even for them, just saying, okay, man, someone else was thinking of me. I mean, that just means yeah. the world, too. It does. God brought that to mind. That's yeah. true. Um, I want to tell you one that I'm working on, and I'll probably work on it until the day I die. I, I wanted to become more aware of God throughout my day. Mm-hmm. That I didn't mm-hmm. want to. I have this habit of praying in the morning, having my quiet time, and then I get in my life, and I drive it at 90 miles an hour for the rest of the day. And I, Al Bean was the one that really sort of brought this to my mind that it would be possible in your day to make room to have a conversation with God and become aware that he is with you all day. Because I was exhausted. I was doing my life in my own strength without anywhere in the day touching base to say, hey, what do you think? You know, so, (laughs) so... So I started with something very concrete. At that time in my work, I was driving. And so I made myself this little commitment that when I got stopped at a stoplight, I have this little snippet of time where I'm not having to do anything. And I could go, okay, God, I just want to be present with you in these few seconds. If there's something you need to tell me, I want to hear it. And if not, I just want to tell you how wonderful you are and thank you for being in my life. And, but I had to have a, mi- a reminder, like that stoplight was my reminder. And then when I stopped driving, I had to come up with something new for that. But I'll tell you what it's done for me. Over the years of doing it consistently, I would tell you I feel God's presence throughout my day far more now than I ever did before. Mm. That doesn't mean I still don't drive the car 90 miles an hour, <laughs> right? It's just that I'm more aware that there is someone in the navigator seat. Right. right. And yeah. I still have days where I can get to, you know, at the end of my work day and go, I did not think about God at all today. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. less than it was. Yeah. Yeah. And I am convinced that God is not expecting me to be perfect. He's expecting me to be willing to do my part in the relationship and he will meet me there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Similarly, I know one thing for me that's been helpful is prayer walks. 
Mm. And just like you know, you've had a you have a set time, a sacred space when you're driving, get the stoplight. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, there's a trail by the house that it's in the woods. There's often not many people there early in the morning, and there is something about that where I can now because I've I've prayed there for it's about a mile walk. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't take too mm-hmm. long, but I prayed there for so long that it, it's become a sacred space. So when I when I step in, it's just like the stress falls off. Doesn't mean I'm not praying about something I'm stressed about, but I can now think I've walked these steps and I can think of prayers I pray that you have since answered. Mm. And it's just, it's been so powerful to think, uh, um, oh my goodness, okay, I know I can trust you because I've walked these very steps where you've answered the prayers I've prayed. Unless anybody else wants to know the address of your trail so they can walk in this hallowed ground. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's hallowed ground because you have done it. That's right. If that became hallowed ground for somebody else, it would be because they have walked it. That's right. Yeah, it's not right. like the spot itself has a magic. That's exactly to right. It. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. I want to just say a quick thing about um, devotions, a devotional Mm -hmm. and prayer. Um, Because sometimes we can be tempted to, okay, I've read my devotional Mm -hmm. and that's my prayer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe, but most of the time it's not. No. It doesn't take you anywhere. A devotional should be a springboard into something, into Mm -hmm. prayer, into Mm -hmm. an awareness of a need or awareness of whatever it might be. But it's not in place of that's right. thinking that it's the same thing mm-hmm. yeah so you want devotionals which you don't always i mean you can use them or not use them you can do it sometimes and not do it but they should be the springboard they are not the end in itself mm-hmm. so that that takes us to where i want us to to uh, begin to close is um resources whether it's devotionals or the things um that have helped us in prayer and so one thing um we even talk about this in the email chain i know that's been helpful for me uh, is there's a book called The Valley of Vision, which is a collection of Puritan prayers, and then the Book of Common Prayer. And for both of them, I find it helpful to use them. Um, it's just written out prayers uh, that have been used in the history of the church. And I don't use them as my own prayer, to your point, but it's a springboard of there's mm-hmm. an exalted language about God. It, it, uh, it helps me say, okay, I don't even know the words to pray. Okay, this gives a vocabulary mm-hmm. to what I want to mm-hmm. say to God. And to your point, it's been an amazing springboard. So... Uh, what are other resources for you all that have been helpful? We mentioned Praying the Bible by Don Whitney, mm-hmm. um, but other resources that have well, helped I you in prayer. I think that Renovari Classics, and that's yeah, a hard devotional classics. It's Renovari Devotional, devotional Classics, classics. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and they are deep. Yes. They're about usually four or five pages long, um, but you don't read one every morning. No. Right. You read one, and then you meditate and you consider mm-hmm. it for several days, mm-hmm. maybe couple of weeks I mean they are that deep but they will take you into an understanding of what real devotion to God is and we aren't anywhere close <laughs> <laughs> let me let me tell you something that, that you don't don't want to do there is so there are so many books about <coughs> prayer and books of prayer in print today so if you if someone recommends a book or you find one on the on the book stand or you order one from wherever and you begin to use it, recognize when it doesn't work yeah. and mm-hmm. put it down. Yes. Don't force the issue. Right. I love uh, that. Today in particular, there are so many uh, written prayers that are just uh, rather shallow and they really yeah. do not resonate with what's going on in your life. Mm-hmm. But when you find God speaking through an author, uh, whether it's the uh, Valley of Vision or whether it's some of the classics in devotional classics, uh, that's the one we hang on to and keep yeah. coming back to. 
And to, to just step, mm -hmm. to piggyback on that, if you find one that you are reading and you think, hmm, that didn't sound right. It doesn't connect with what you believe based yeah. on scripture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Take it, give it away. <laughs> Stop. I mean, it's, yeah. it, it's probably going to lead you in a direction yeah. Yeah. you should not go. Yeah. And yeah. so if, it, if there's a warning, you know, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. heed it. <laughs> yeah. So in light of that, knowing that you know, there may be some books that um, aren't speaking to us, while there also may be some that they may, it may just be a different perspective that challenges us. Yeah. So that's what I find when I read mm -hmm. older prayers. Right. Mm -hmm. um, what, are, what are some of those resources? We've, uh, we mentioned a few. You mentioned um, Learning from Christ in the School of Prayer. Right, by Andrew Murray. The other one is kind of my go-to book on prayer. Uh, it's by J.I. Packer, who just recently passed away, so yeah. he's home. And Carol Nystrom, it's simply called Praying. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, it, is, it is so good because it's so honest, and it is, it's, not a, it's not a devotional book per se, but you begin reading it and you say, okay, I, I want to I do it that way. I want to pray that way. I want to I think about it this way. So that's simply the title of Praying, and that is an excellent, excellent book. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have had the great gift of having people in my life that are well-read in the faith, not just in scripture itself, but also in commentaries and, yeah. you know, things like the books that we're recommending. And I had no clue where to start. Like, I remember being really a beginner in this. I think I'm still a beginner, but I remember being such a clueless beginner, I didn't even know where to go. And having people who are farther down the line in this walk say to me, try this book, try this book. Because if you just go Google yeah. book on praying, holy moly, yeah. like how do you yeah. start there? So having people that you know and trust in the faith that can visit with you and you can sort of say, this is where I'm at, and they might then be able to say, pick up this resource or that resource. Um, I can't tell you which resources I've had. When, when you guys mentioned them, I go, oh, yeah, that was a good book. Yeah, that was a good book. That, but I have now had so many years of reading in the faith that I don't really, there's only two or three that stick in my mind, yeah, yeah. but mm -hmm. that doesn't mean there aren't more than yeah. I could actually that's say. Right. Right. If you were to say to me, I'm struggling with concentration when I pray. Mm -hmm. Now and give me a little time to think about it and I could go, well, here's this book and here's that. But to just say to me, what book would you recommend I read on praying? I'll be like, well, what part of praying? That's exactly well, what? Right. Yes. Yeah. What? Yeah. I need more details, yeah. do you know what I mean? So if you are going to utilize somebody that in the faith that you think is well-read, make time to have coffee with them so that they can know enough about you to make a decent recommendation yeah. and not just fling you five titles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they may just say, hey, just read this one chapter of this book. I've got it, Correct. actually, you want to have it. Yeah. yeah, let me photocopy that and hand it to you. Yes. So um, I don't know, I guess that's my only comment is that there are so many mm -hmm. yeah. books, many of them good, but they're good for a season yeah. when you're right. in a position yeah. in yeah. life. That's right. And mm -hmm. so I think it depends on where you're at. That's right. A little. That's right. A lot. Going back to a topic we were dealing with at the beginning of our session today, there's a book by uh, Dallas Willard mm -hmm. called Hearing God. Yes. yes. Good is, book. Uh, yes, it is. It is very, very good. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, it deals with it in much more depth than what we were able to do in our session today with how you hear God, how you mm -hmm. respond. Mm -hmm. And the times when it seems there is no answer, and so you have to make a decision and go for it. Yeah. 
since by that time you hopefully have grown up in the faith <laughs> and you're now a teenager in the faith, uh, growing young adult in the faith. and uh, Complete you, with pimples. Yeah, that's right. I have that's prayer right. pimples. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> prayer puberty. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, Tim Keller also has a really good book mm-hmm. just called Prayer right. that is incredibly helpful as well. Um, well, I, I think the perfect way to end this would be for us to end in prayer. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so I want to take a moment, and um, each of us will just go around and uh, pray for 20, 30 seconds, a, a quick prayer. I can start us off and saying if you want to close us, and we can go from there. God, I thank you so much that uh, you hear our prayers. God, of the billions and billions of things that, um, that you could be listening to in the universe, God, you choose to hear our prayers. And um, God, we're thankful for that. We're thankful that you know what we need better than we do. God, I pray that you would help us trust that um, even as us here or those listening, maybe going through seasons where it just feels like there's no answer, it feels like none of the things we are praying for are coming to pass, it feels like things are really hard, God, that we can trust that because you did not spare your own son, you will graciously give us all things. We know that. Um, whether all things now or all things in heaven, ultimately, where we really want it. Um, God, we thank you for who you are, and we thank you for the gift of prayer and that relationship. So, Father, I would thank you for the opportunity that you provide to sit and talk, to listen, to experience you through prayer. That is not something that any other thing labeled as God provides. It is only something that you provide. You provide a listener, you provide an intercessor, Mm -hmm. and you do it with caring. And I just pray that you will help each one of us, those that are here around this table and those that are listening, to recognize the amazing opportunity we have to talk directly with God and to hear from Him. Father, you've brought us together, reminding us that we are part of a Christian community, that we learn from one another, Mm -hmm. that we watch one another, we listen to one another, knowing that you are speaking through our brothers and sisters, through our friends. And Father, we thank you for the privilege. And we pray that uh, those who hear this this podcast will be attracted to or recognize that prayer is work sometimes. Prayer is sometimes great joy. Prayer is sometimes the only way that we can be truly human and truly children of God. We thank you for the privilege in Jesus' name. How glorious you are when I am reminded that you are the maker of everything and that you have bent low to hear me. It just makes me want to put my face down and say, who am I that you are mindful of me? And yet you are. That's the part that just opens up my heart every time and makes me go, you are. So I just thank you that you are, that you love me enough to bend low. I thank you for these people that remind me how good it is to be in a community of faith and that we can help each other learn and grow without condemnation. Finally, Father, I would pray that as this material goes out and people listen to it, that they would be drawn to you not out of obligation, but because of your glory, that they would want a relationship with you because there is a certain level of 
peace, that's the only word I can come to, that there was a certain measure of peace and joy and freedom in my relationship with you. And I want that for other people. And I know you do too. It is the only place where we can finally take off all of the masks mm -hmm. and be as real as we know how to be because you are our savior and our redeemer and you have paid for us. Amen. Father, I ask then that people would know you more and that it would all be for your glory. Mm. In Jesus' sweet name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the podcast by Pleasant Valley. If you want to hear more from us, you can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and our website, pleasantvalley.org. God bless.